Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, the 14th of November, 2020. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. It's a Saturday. I hope that you have had a good week. But now as things turn to the weekend in kind of a traditional flow of of life, for many people, thoughts of, of work kind of get put on the back burner and maybe until Monday and it starts to become a time to think more about family or uh, maybe Saturday is the day when you've got that list of projects around the house that you're going to try to accomplish or you've got some fun plans with your family, whatever it may be. Well, as we turn to the weekend and your thoughts potentially turn to family, that's where our psalm finds us today in Psalm 100. 27. And it gives us some very important words and a needed reminder as we think about our homes and we think about just the people closest to us. It says this, Psalm 127, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So as we think about our families or our homes, we have to admit lots of times those can be causes of anxiety. We can worry about finances related to our family. We can worry about our kids and what's going on with them. We can be concerned or anxious about our health, especially this year of all years. There's so many things that can come into our minds. But here, it puts the attention on the Lord and his sovereignty and his control. And we need to note this passage in no way uh, looks down on hard work. I mean, throughout the Psalms and especially what we would see in Proverbs, we see hard work is commended. But clearly, this is more than hard work that we're being warned against. It is talking about anxious toil, uh, you know, the, the sleepless, restless anxiety that we feel as we're working um, towards whatever it is that we're working for when it comes to family. And he's saying, no, that is foolishness because it's ultimately up to God. And I think it's it's not saying, hey, let's be slackers. It's saying there's a difference between hard work that trusts God and rests well versus this anxious toil. And so I want you to examine yourself as we start this weekend, which describes your attitude, maybe when it comes to your family or maybe when it comes to your, your work, which is often connected to your family because that is your means of provision for your family, right? Many people back in this time, if this is a, a song of, of Solomon in agrarian culture where their work was just working the land and providing for their family. Most of you probably aren't working the land, but you're going to work. You have some kind of job and they're paying you and you're using that to provide for your family. So this might include your attitude towards work as well, which describes your attitude. Hard work that then leads to good rest because you're trusting in the sovereignty of God? Or is it just this anxious toil? And if you find that it is, I want you to take time to pray through this psalm today and for you to really take the things that are concerning you about your job, about your family, and lift them up to God. That financial concern that's bugging you, right? 
take that up and pray about it to God. That situation at work that's just perpetually difficult, take that and lay it lay it before God. Or maybe reading this psalm, your frustration is you'd like to have a family, you, you're, you'd like to be married, but you're single. Or reading this psalm and seeing about children, you'd like to have children, but you, you've been unable to. And that is what's frustrating you or causing you to worry. Take those things and lay them up before the throne of God. When our passage does turn uh, from just the house in general to talk about children, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And we see here, I think, a very contrary attitude towards children that we than we see in our culture. I mean, we see not just in America, but really all around, especially the Western world, uh, we see birth rates kind of dropping to all-time lows. And that's a hard statistic, but you also, you see this mindset. You, you see, I mean, I was surprised when I had my first child, even within the church, all the comments I got about, well, now your life is over and kind of giving that tone when I don't think that's the tone that God would want us to have. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And I want you to see how even the first half and the second half of the psalm go together, um, that one reason we can view children as a blessing is because we understand the sovereignty of God, right? Children, they, they can be difficult. Let's be real. Parenting is no joke. It, it is not easy. And, and so it's right for people to understand, hey, parenting is not all just fun and games all the time. But we need to understand, okay, even though it's difficult, we don't need to be anxious about it. We can trust God in it, and that will change our perspective to view children from being a a hassle or a problem to view them as seeing a a reward. It is a a privilege, not a problem. And, And so these are some things we can learn from Psalm 127 today that hopefully help us as we think about our our families or our homes and also potentially our jobs and how those relate to our families. But one theme that we're seeing here is the sovereignty of God. And we're we're seeing uh, that he is in control and that's why we can trust in him. That's why we don't have to have this anxious toil. And I want us to see some of those things in some of our other passages today. First, we go to John chapter 9 verses 1 through 12 and we see Jesus healing this man who was blind from birth. And we talked about this recently at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley and so we've been going through the gospel of John and we see there's a conversation here about suffering in these first 12 verses, because the disciples assume, hey, if this guy is blind, he must have sinned or his parents must have sinned. And the way we kind of phrased that in our uh, study was shed simplistic views of suffering, right? Uh, that, That It's not easy to always understand suffering and why it happens. And we, in our humanity, we try to just come up with explanations that fit with us. And hey, suffering is always a direct result of sin. That's uh, That fits sometimes with our thinking. But the truth is that's overly simplistic. And Jesus says, no, it wasn't because this man sinned. It was that the works of God might be displayed in him. God was in control even of this man's blindness. God was 100% in control. And God is 100% 
in control of any suffering that you might experience or any suffering you might be worried about experiencing. And we saw Jesus, he has the power. He is the sent one that takes away this suffering. And we see that's a great thing. And we're reminded that although we're, we can't be promised that Jesus is going to take all the suffering out of our lives right here, right now. No, in fact, scripture says there will be suffering we experience in this world, but he is going to take away that suffering forever. And that should be something that encourages us as well, that, that this flash of a miracle that we see from Jesus is just a taste of what we will experience forevermore in a new heavens and a new earth. So here's a specific example of the sovereignty of God that should encourage us. And that should give us faith. And we're told that that faith overcomes the world in 1 John chapter 5 today. Uh, and we see there, again, it's talking about who, who is born of God. But then we see this in verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Wow, that is such an important verse of scripture. And that's one that I really hope more people understand. I think clearly outside of Christianity, that's the perspective of um, faith and, and the Bible. Oh, it's a bunch of burdensome rules. And I'm concerned that's the attitude of too many people within Christianity is they view God's law as a burden when it's never presented that way, not even in the Old Testament. David said, I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. His commandments are not burdensome. They are a help. They are life-giving. They lead us in a direction of safety and, and peace. And so that's such an important thing for us to understand. But then we see in verse four, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Uh, Our faith in God, looking past everything to understand he is a God who is in control. He is a God who is good. This is victory. This overcomes the world. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is? is the son of God. And so uh, these are these are great things. There's some confusing things later on in the, the passage. It talks about the water and, and the blood being things that testify to Jesus. I think it's best to understand those things as referring to Jesus' baptism, the water and the blood referring to his, his death, his crucifixion for us. And then in verse seven, it says, for these three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood. So the spirit testifies um, to the truth about Jesus. His baptism testifies to it and his death on the cross. They all testify to the truth about Jesus Christ. Well, now we we wrap up today with Ezekiel chapter 16, which uh, again, this is another viewer discretion advised text text that we're going to come across in scripture. This is an intense passage where God speaks in very graphic terms about the sin of Israel. And it paints this very vivid picture of Israel being this kind of this baby that's, you know, it talks about wallowing in its blood. Again, a graphic image that God kind of rescues. And after it grows up and matures, he cleans it up and basically it becomes this young woman and he marries this. He makes a covenant with this young woman. But then we see 
He describes it as prostitution. He, he keeps on using this phrase that they have played the whore with the nations around them, with other gods and all of these things. And he goes off on this and, and even says, you know, you're worse than a prostitute because prostitutes accept money from people when in fact you're paying people to be a prostitute. And, and he goes on about how wicked the sin of Israel is. Now, we can kind of get lost in like, wow, this is intense. But I think one thing we should be taking away from this chapter is, wow, God's feelings about sin are intense. And even as we go through the book of Ezekiel, I hope that's one of the themes that sticks with you. Because we get some glimpses into how God really feels about sin in this book. And I think chapter 16 is actually one of the clearest ones of those pictures and very graphic. And we need to realize, wow, that's how God feels about sin in my own life. We talked yesterday about idolatry and how God feels about idols in our hearts. Uh, This is another picture of that. And may we have that same disgust towards sin that God has. And may that cause us to turn away from sin. Uh, The passage does end even on an encouraging note that even with all of this, God speaks of a restoration and a restoration of his covenant, and that the judgment upon this unfaithful wife was not going to be final. And what an amazing thing that we see now. That's another thread through all the prophets. Even though God's judgment was coming, the judgment was not the end of the story. And we know ultimately that's going to be fulfilled through Jesus Christ who came and died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And we rejoice in the mercy of our God, even as we see the hatred that he has towards sin. So I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope that you take anything in your life that's concerning you and you give it up to God, and that you give up the anxious toil for hard work that can rest well, trusting in a God who is totally in control. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.